someone said the dumbest thing they'd ever done in 2020 was to buy a 2019 was to buy a 2020 planner. That's probably one of the dumbest things. But I read some other things that I thought you might like. In 2019, you're supposed to stay away from negative people. In 2020 and 21, you're supposed to stay away from positive people. How about this? When the world is turned upside down, and this is true in the Page household, old folks are sneaking out of the house. Their kids are fussing at them to stay inside. Here's another good word. Every few days, try on your jeans to make sure they fit. Pajamas, you will have you have you believe all is well in the kingdom, and it's not. How about this one? The virus has done what no woman could ever do. Close down all bars, all sports, and keep men at home. Isn't that the truth? How about this one? I never thought the comment, I wouldn't touch you with a six-foot pole, would become a national policy. <laughs> How about this one? I need to practice social distancing from the refrigerator. I like this one. I hope the weather is good tomorrow for my trip to the backyard. I'm getting tired of the living room. <laughs> Never in a million years would I believe that I would drive up to a bank, go into a bank, wearing a mask, asking for money. Here's hoping for a better New Year. Well, I don't think platitudes, Happy New Year is really going to work this time. I think we're going to have to learn to depend on something far, far more dependable. And I stand here today to tell you there is something far more dependable than people and things. Indeed, our governments change, as Josh has just said. And we're not in the best of times that will look with favor upon believers and believers' rights to say what he or she might wish. But let me tell you, there are some things we can depend upon. So I'm going to begin today with a small series of messages in the book of Philippians. Now listen to me. I've been in the book of John for a long time. I understand that. But today, we're going to be looking at the book of Philippians. I'm not going to stop John. I'm totally... What I'm simply saying is I'm coming back to John at Easter time and thereafter. But for now, we're going to be looking in the book of Philippians. So turn there with me if you would. It's my favorite New Testament book today, okay? Stay with me. It really is. Now, Paul writes some powerful things here, things we can depend upon. You hear me? Stay with me. Let's look at beginning with verse 1. Now let me tell you, in, in just a moment, we're going to read Paul say that I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. That remembrance goes back 10 years to a time when he was setting sail for Philippi. He would go to this new strange city and there began what would become his favorite church. Begin with three converts. A jailer whom he had won to the Lord. A demon-possessed girl, now set free, and a Jewish woman named Lydia, who was a seller of purple. So this church began with three unusual converts, but now it's his favorite church. And his remembrance of this body of believers even continued as 
they had continued to minister to him even after he had left. They had continued to send offerings to him. And now Epaphroditus was visiting him in prison in Ephesus most likely, having brought an offering from the Philippian church. So Paul had a lot of reason to say, I thank my God for you. So look with me to John, John, a little habit there. Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse 1. It says, Paul and Timothy, slaves of Jesus Christ, Greek word doulos, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you. Peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Then look at verse 3. I give thanks to my God for every remembrance of you, always praying with joy. You can underline that word. Why? Because that is the key word in the book of Philippians. It's used in that and other forms over and over. If you want to understand how we can have joy in 2021, you need to read the book of Philippians. He says, I remember with joy every time I think of you. Always praying with joy for all of you in all my every prayers. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, I'm sure of this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until what? The day of Jesus Christ. Verse 7, it's right for me to think this way about you all. Because I have you in my heart. And you are my partners with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in, we're going to come to this, both in the defense and establishment of the gospel. Both in the defense and the establishment of the gospel. For God is my witness, how I deeply miss all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And I pray this, look at verse 9, that your love will keep on growing. How? in both knowledge and in every kind of discernment. Now look at verse 10. For so, so that we can determine what really matters, and so we can, uh, excuse me, determine what really matters and can be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, filled with all the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and the praise of God. So Paul begins his expression of joy and recounting his remembering of this sweet church called the Philippians. But we must come to understand in this day of strife, in this day of difficulty, there are things upon which we can depend. And yes, part of that is our remembering of the gospel and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, I ask you the question that's rhetorical, what brings you joy? What brings you joy? Well, I hope you can have partnership in the gospel as Paul did with the Philippians. Look with me at verse 7. Christians are partners, first of all, in grace. Now let me tell you, we've got a small church, but it is very diverse. It is very diverse. It has got so many different kinds of people in it. It's got so many kinds of situations in it. Yes, it does. But we have a common grace. And what is that common grace? It is the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a recognition that the Lord Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. We're drawn together this grace by the common debt that we have, knowing we owe everything to Him. 1 Corinthians 8-9 said it this way, 
For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody listen to me. Though he was rich, yet for his sakes he became poor. It's been a distracting days, friends. And we need to, let's just pause and go to the Lord in prayer for a minute, okay? Lord Jesus, we come to you right now. We pray, Lord God, that you would give us a worship service where we could focus on you. Lord, we know there are many distractions. We know we live in a day of political distraction. We know we live in a day when things have turned upside down, not right side up. We pray right now, Lord, that you would give us a focus on you in these moments that you give us. Because, Lord, we recognize what the Bible says, that indeed we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, he became poor for us. In Jesus' name, amen. So stay focused with me, please, if you can. We are partners in his grace. Why? Because we share a common gift. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ, you are my brother, you are my sister. And I will defend you. I will fight for you. I will love you. I will defend you. Because of that common grace based on a common debt of our need in the Lord Jesus Christ, the common bond that we have. told some of you in Sunday school this morning, I got a text last night from my sister, my older sister. She might be listening right now. Hello to Nancy, if she is. And I love my sisters, and I love my brother, and I love my family. But years ago, I went to a family reunion. Any of you ever been to one of those? Let me just tell you, I saw people I'd never met before. Some of them I liked, and some of them maybe I didn't like as much as the others. But the point is simply this. I met people that I was blood kin to that I was nothing alike. But in the church of Jesus Christ is where I really have my real family. In the church, I find the real common bond that's based on what? The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul is talking about when he says based on that gospel, that partnership. Look at verse 5. In the gospel from this day until now. And look at verse 7. Because I have you in my heart, you're partners with me. What? In grace. And so we're partners in the work of grace. But we're also partners in the work of the gospel. Now look again at verse 7. You, you think, well, it's not just a gift that we share. It's a task also that we share. A task. And that task is what? It's the furtherance of the gospel. Two words Paul's here uses here. Both defense and confirmation of the gospel. Defense and confirmation of the gospel of the gospel. That the word defense we know in the Greek is the word apologia. And what does apologia mean? It means to make a defense of the gospel. Let me tell you, as Josh was pointing out earlier, we know we live in a day and time where assaults upon the gospel will continue. Now listen to me. You looking at me? Listen to look at me. We know we're in a day and time where there will continue to be assaults upon the gospel. Now, Paul was probably in prison when he wrote this epistle, this letter. Let me just tell you something. We're not beyond the realm of possibility that in your lifetime, preachers of the gospel will be hauled away because we have used hate speech. The words that we shared up here today 
are considered in some circles hate speech. For me to dare to say that God created male and female and nothing else and nothing between, that's hate speech. So do you think I'm going to stop sharing the gospel because President Kamala Harris says I can't? No, I will not stop, ever. But the Bible says you've got a role in this partnership. You've got a role in the defense of the gospel. We need to raise up boys and girls, young men and young women, who know how to defend the gospel. It's not just enough to say, how about coming to Sunday school and church once in a while, once in a blue moon. No, we need to raise up champions who know how to defend the gospel. Somebody say amen to that. But he says not only the defense of the gospel, but the stabilization of the gospel. To make stable is what that Greek word really means. And what he is saying here is that we need to defend the gospel from the enemies that are on the outside. But we also need to defend from the inside. You see, the church must be guarded. And I challenge you to be a partner in the furtherance of the gospel, both in the defense and the stabilization of God's church. And that's why we must defend it from the inside. And I ask you quickly, what kind of partner are you? What are you doing now to guard the church from the outside and from the inside? Now some of you are going to think I'm real hard today. But let me tell you something. If there's ever a day and time we do not need fair weather friends, it's now. If there was ever a time we do not need part-time partners, it's now. We need people who are full-time followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and who will say, I am all in. I am all in. Let me tell you, what we've seen with COVID-19 and what we've seen with the political mess that we've been going through, what we have seen in the church is a winnowing out of those who are serious about the gospel. In fact, I've shared with you on Wednesday night the sad statistic that 32% of all those who identify themselves as church-going Christians, not my definition, not the surveyor's definition, that's what people call themselves. 32% quit going to church during COVID. Didn't switch, that was another 10 to 12%. 32% among millennials, it went as high as 50%. Let me tell you something. There is a winnowing out of those who are serious and those who are not. We don't need part-time partners at Pebble Creek Baptist Church. We need people who are full-time followers of the Lord Jesus Christ who said, I will be a partner not only in the grace, but in the furtherance of the gospel, both in the defense and in the establishing and in the stabilization of the church. I believe God is giving us a unique opportunity to touch this area for the gospel. We have new homes coming up everywhere. We have got people in, in established areas of neighborhoods around us that need the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, that desperately need this. Oh, friends, let's be partners in the work of the gospel. Third, we need to be partners even in the suffering of the gospel. Look back to verse 7. You see, true partners are partners when the times are good 
And when the times are not, let me tell you, I wish 2020 would have been very different than it was. And I said to some of you before I left you last year, Happy New Year! But what we need is not a type of trite platitude. What we need are truly those who will stand together in the good times and the bad. And that's what Paul was saying about the Philippians. These people were his friends. And he yearned for them. He loved them. He missed them. And during the horrible quarantine times of COVID-19 in the beginning of 2020, and even as Dale and I experienced the coronavirus, and we had to stay away from people, including my own little grandchildren. Even during that, we desperately longed to be with God's people. We desperately needed to be with God's people. Now listen carefully to me. Some of you said, well, how was your Christmas, Dr. Page? Well, at Christmas, we wanted to see our family, but we couldn't because we didn't want to give them the blessing that Dale gave me. Now, we don't know where Dale got the blessing, but she gave it to me because I was taking care of her. Right, Dale? And would you bring me that water, honey, child, please? I just need a little sip because my throat's a little dry. But anyway, you say, well, how did we see our children? Well, thank you, honey. Well, now she's taking care of me, right? Our baby girl lives over in Botany Woods, and she has a large um, sunroom behind her house, and it has an exterior entrance. And so all the children, all the family got together inside, and Dale and I sat on the sunroom, went through the exterior entrance, and watched them like gorillas looking through the zoo walls. And even my little 14-year-old grandson came up and did this. Papa, I just don't like this. And he was crying, bless his heart, or pretending to anyway. I don't think he cried a whole lot because he's looking forward to what he was going to get. But anyway, so Christmas didn't turn out the way we wanted. We yearned to be with those babies. And yesterday we got to go see them, and we got to hug them, and we got to spend some sweet time with them. But listen, when we're not with you, we yearn to be with you. God's people ought to yearn to be with each other. And the Bible says through the good times and the bads, we ought to be partners in the gospel. And even Paul mentions that even in my imprisonment, you were partners with me. Even in the bad times, you were partners with me. And even now, we're going to see that he mentions Epaphroditus. There's a good name to name your children and your sons and your grandsons. Epaphroditus brought an offering for the Apostle Paul while he's back in prison yet again. A.T. Robertson, the great Greek scholar, said, You see, he first taught the Philippians how to praise the Lord as he was in prison there, as he's singing praises and leads the jailer to the Lord. And even now he teaches them how to sing joy once again. Back in prison again he is. And he teaches them about real joy. And there is the joy that comes in the grace of the Lord Jesus. There's the grace that comes, yes, even in the defense of the gospel. There's a grace and a blessing and a joy that comes in the sweet sufferings that we have one with another. Whenever we're called to suffer, the Bible tells us we do not suffer alone, do we? I will tell you it's the truth. I've experienced it. But last and quickly, Christians are partners in the love of Christ. If you'll look at verses 8 and 9 with me quickly, please. We see a vivid statement here. 
in verses 8 and 9. For God is my witness, how I deeply miss all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. With the affection of Jesus Christ. Now, King James has a whole different kind of translation referring to a part of the abdomen. It says bowels, I believe that refers to the upper part of the abdomen where they believed that the seat of the emotions resided. What is he saying is, I yearn for you with all the emotion I've got. I yearn for you because I'm a partner with you in the love of Christ. And what he is saying here is, I love you just like Jesus loved you. With that depth of emotion and depth of feeling, I love you. So when we're really one with Jesus, his love goes out to others. And that makes us nothing less than a partner in the love of Christ. But what does he say? He says, I not only love you and miss you with all the affection of Jesus Christ, here's my prayer, that your love will grow in two different ways. That your love will grow first of all, in a depth of discernment, in a depth of knowledge. Now, you see, ignorant love can be dangerous. I'm not going to, I remember years ago, one of my nephews, a little bit off in the head, loved his cat so much he put his cat in a dryer to get the cat warm. Well, he may have loved that cat, but that's not the way you show love, is it, girls? Not at all. Well, let me tell you something. Paul says, I want your love to become more knowledgeable and more discerning. So I pray that your love will deepen in every way. Well, what's the result of this? He says, look at verse 11. I pray that you will be filled with the fruit of the righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. I pray that you'll be filled with this fruit. And then look, that comes through Jesus Christ. What is the ultimate goal of Paul's prayer request? That you would what? That, you would, that God would receive both praise and glory. Let's pray that everything that happens in 2021 will bring what? Praise and glory to our Lord Jesus Christ. Praise and glory to our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want this year to end by people saying what a great church Pebble Creek is, though that's not a bad thing to say. Or what about the pastor and the music and the associate pastor and the deacons? And we, don't want, we don't want any of that mentioned. We just want glory and praise to the Lord. Glory and praise to the Lord. So, are you ready to be a partner? Oh, I pray that you are partner in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, a partner in the furtherance of the gospel, partner in even the sufferings of the gospel, and yes, even a partner in the love of Christ. Would you pray with me? Father God, we love you. We thank you for this powerful word from the book of Philippians. Lord Jesus, we know this has been a tough year. 2021 is not beginning a whole lot better. Even today in our church, Lord, we've had so much distraction. Father, we just pray right now that you would be our Lord. And we gather together to partner in what you are doing here. And we ask it in Jesus' precious name. Amen.